standing, I like to read the scripture as we stand together in honor of God's word. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to Luke's gospel, chapter four. We're going to read verses 16 through 21. And once you've found that, over to Isaiah chapter 61 and just stick your finger there and hang on because we'll read that as well Luke's gospel chapter 4 beginning in verse 16 and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 And the first part of two, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, it is so sweet to know that Jesus came, that he that spoke that day in Nazareth was the one that was promised, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all the scriptures, the answer to our problem of sin, the one true sacrifice. As John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And to know that Jesus proclaimed that. Not just for that day, but for us this morning. And we too can be set free and have been set free if we're in Christ. And that's why it's so sweet to trust in Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. You may be seated. As you notice, we're back with this platform instead of Josh's. Well, I couldn't see hardly over it, so. We continue this morning with what Brother Josh started several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, as we are going through the Lenten season and we're moving towards Palm Sunday and and moving towards 
Good Friday and finally the crucifixion and and Easter. And before I, I preach on verse 19, which is the assignment he gave me. I want to remind you of of kind of some of the things that we have already seen and and we already know about. Jesus had returned back to his hometown of Nazareth. Now, Josh talked about what it was like to go back home and preach in his hometown. I remember the first time I preached in my hometown at 17 years old. And they just looked at me. And after I got through... A gentleman came up to me and he said, that, that was pretty good. You went from Genesis to Revelation in just about 10 minutes. He said, but aren't you the same kid that one Saturday went swimming in the baptistry? I said, I know nothing about that. And he said, wasn't you the same kid that used to take the red berries on the bushes in front of the church and you and the preacher's son to see how close you could get them to roll to the altar? I said, I have no knowledge of that either. And my Sunday school teacher standing right over there. And he said, yeah, he's also the same one that helped take all the furniture out of our Sunday school class and put it out on the, the cooler tower. And we climbed out there and hid from our teacher. That I admitted to. Jesus returns home. And the amazing thing was, it says, as was his habit, he went to church. Boy, we could use a little bit of that. And he began to proclaim the word of the Lord. He's handed the book of Isaiah as a rabbi. He was given this book as was the custom to read. And he said, I'm the anointed one. Look at what it says there. It says he was anointed. That, Brother Josh said, meant to proclaim with authority. The one thing I want you to know, whether I'm standing here, Brother Josh or Brother Bob or whoever else, it is not us that brings the word or the power Of God, it is Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit and His anointing that makes the Word come alive. This wasn't just any rabbi, this was the Son of God. And He came to preach the gospel to the poor. I love what Josh said if you don't recognize that you're poor, That you're spiritually bankrupt. You can never be saved. He came to set the captives free. You know. Babies are precious. We have a new one. Right? And they look so innocent. And so sweet. But it's not long until you understand they were conceived in sin. No matter how sweet they look, they can really begin to test you after a while. Just wait till they're 18. Just wait till they're 40. We're captive. 
by Satan and by sin. And he's saying that I can set you free. Satan blinds our eyes and he's saying I can remove the scales that blind you from the truth. Have you ever heard somebody say, Josh, I just don't see that. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. That scripture doesn't make any sense. It's because Satan blinds our eyes to the truth. And the only way you and I will ever understand the truth is Jesus removes those scales. And the Holy Spirit penetrates our heart. And we can see. He says he came to set free those that were oppressed. Those things that immobilize us. Well, verse 19 is where I want to pick up this morning. Look at what it says one more time. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Verse 19 is a reference to the year of Jubilee. If you go over to Leviticus chapter 25... And you read verses 8 through 55. I thought about reading all those verses. And we'd finish about 1 o'clock. If you read those, it describes the year of Jubilee. Every seven years, they had a festival. And on that seventh year, the field was to lay fallow. They weren't to work the field. They were to rest. And part of that was to depend upon God's provision on that seventh year. But seven times seven was the year of Jubilee, 49 years and even into the 50th year. It was the year of Jubilee. That word Jubilee is a Hebrew word, yobel, which means trumpet sound. And on that day, it was the day of atonement throughout all of Israel. Trumpets from ram's horns were sounding. Celebrating the year of Jubilee. To understand the year of Jubilee and the Sabbath rest and the implications. I think it's important that we understand something about Sabbath. Sabbath was given by the Lord himself. If you have your Bible turned, or you don't have to, it's going up on the screen, I think. Exodus. At the Old Testament, chapter 20, that's Genesis, Bruce. Oh, there it is. Exodus chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments in verse 8. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He goes on to say, six days you work. On the seventh day, it's a Sabbath day of the Lord. You shall not do any work. He said, in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the Sabbath day, it was holy and he rested. Interesting thing about that commandment. The commandment about keeping the Sabbath day holy came even before honor your father and mother. It came before you shall not murder. I would have thought that would have been first. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal or bear false witness or covet your neighbor. Listen, 
Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And it was so important that Sabbath on that day of atonement, on that day of jubilee, was a day of excitement. It was a day of anticipation. It it was a day where they were ready to hear and sit back and rest and understand what God had in store for them. But also it was a time to remember that field was going to lay fallow not only the 49th year, but the 50th year as well. We're going to come back to that in just a second. To rest in Christ, whether it's the Sabbath day, or whether it was one of the Jubilees or one of the other festivals, meant to trust and reflect In a lot of different things. This morning we sing. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. We trust in Jesus. In a lot of different ways. We trust in him for his goodness. We trust in him for his provisions. But we most of all. Trust in him for our salvation. We live in a day and time. Where they talk about plan B. And plan C. We hear people on TV, entertainers and supposedly stars. I I thought I was a star at one time. That say, well, there are a lot of different ways to get to heaven. There are a lot of different avenues, you know. Uh, I heard one person, I won't call the preacher's name, he's out in Texas. uh, That said on a talk show from some woman who's very famous. Some Oprah woman, anyway. He said, you know, I'm beginning to believe there are a lot of different ways that good people who mean well will find their way also to heaven. Do you believe that? Because I don't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But by me. I trust in his provision. I trust in his goodness. I trust in his salvation. And on that year of Jubilee, that 49th and 50th year, several things, amazing things, exciting things took place that I think are important for us this morning. First of all, all Hebrew slaves were set free. You could get yourself in trouble and have to be sold because of financial difficulties into slavery. I don't know about you, but to be sold in slavery with no hope of ever getting out is not a prospect that I would be interested in. In our own country, we have experienced things like that in our past. There are places around the world where it still exists today. And people are there with no hope of ever being set free. But on the year of Jubilee, the law allowed for a Hebrew slave to be set free. Not only to be set free, but to be returned back to his family. Thought a lot about that this week. When we're born, we're born and conceived in sin. 
the relationship with our father that was originally enjoyed in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve was broken when sin entered the world. And at that moment, we became slaves to sin. We were no longer a part of that relationship that we were meant to have with our Father in heaven. And when you're enslaved in sin, let's just be honest, you are without hope. The Bible says you're condemned already. All of our goodness, all of our morality, even all of our religion can do nothing to free us from that slavery of sin. A gentleman told me one time, he said, you know, pastor, I I don't much believe in church. He said, I don't like religion at all. I said, neither do I. He kind of looked funny. He said, you don't believe in religion? I said, no, I believe in Christianity. I believe in Jesus Christ and a personal relationship. He said, I don't believe in that either. He said, you mean to tell me that if I'm not a good person and I am a good person? Well, I know me. I know my heart. I'm not always a good person. I know that's shocking to some of you, but to others it's not. He said, I'm moral. He he said, look, I take good care of my family. He said, I don't beat my wife. I said, congratulations. I don't beat mine either. He said, "I, I, I even give to charity and occasionally I'll give to the church. He said, you mean to tell me with all of my goodness and all of this, I, I, I am still a slave to sin? I said, absolutely. Because the only way to be set free from that slavery is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're marching towards the cross. Brother Josh has been preaching for the last two weeks on what he did, how he set us free from these different things. And so when the year of Jubilee came around, these Hebrew slaves were set free, but they were also sent back to their family. When you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? We are restored to our family. We are not only a part of God's family, we become brothers and sisters in Christ. The greatest thing that's happened since I've been here is to walk in and not know many of your names, but to know this. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I may have to ask you a million times, what's your name? For those of you that didn't put on name tags today... If you are in Christ, you have not only been set free from slavery. From the bondage that Satan had wrapped around your neck and your heart. But you were restored into the family of God that you were meant to be in. You see, God sent his son who knew no sin, to die on a cross and took our sin 
When we come to this time of the year, there's one thing that I just, I think of all the time. Brother Will, I think about the fact that he took every sin of every man and woman and boy and girl for all eternity upon his back. And I remember God turning his back on his only son. And Jesus had never known that. You remember what he said? My God, why have you forsaken me? That's what sin does. It separates. But when we are free in Christ, we are set free forever and we're returned to our family. Our sins are forgiven. Not only are we set free and not only are we placed back into the family of God. But the second thing that happened on the year of Jubilee was property that had been sold was given back to the original owners. If somebody was in financial trouble and they had to sell their property. I kind of like this one, Brother Josh. I think we ought to do this now. If I have to sell something, I'm hoping in a few years I get it back again. Just give it back to me. Think about that for just a moment. Property that had been sold, land or whatever, reverted back to the original owners. Think about this. In the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve messed up. See, you thought I was just going to blame Eve, didn't you? They had everything. Not only did they walk in God's creation and have it all there in their presence, but guess what? In the cool of the day, in the evening, God himself walked and fellowshiped with them. But sin caused them to lose and I'm going to use the word property, but what I'm talking about is that which was valuable, a relationship with God. It caused them to lose those things that God intended for them to have. I'm absolutely, now I am not one of those name it and claim it preachers. And if you are, we'll need to talk some more. I believe you can pray and if it's God's will, he will answer your prayer. But it, I don't believe if you pray for a thousand dollars, he's going to give you ten thousand. If, if that works for you, let me know. Okay. I'm doing something wrong. I believe that God had always intended so much for us. When he created us. And we lost that in the garden. We lost it because of sin. And when it entered. And they were cast out. You remember they posted some, some guards there so that they couldn't have it again. And they had to toil to make a living and, and, and Eve had to labor to have children. And life became tough. Can I tell you something? Here's the deal. When you come to Jesus Christ, when they celebrated the year of Jubilee... And that land reverted back 
and became their possession again. It reminds me that when we come to Christ, what we lost because of sin, now we regain. He says we're joint heirs with Christ. We are sons and daughters. The acceptable year of the Lord. No wonder they called it Jubilee. Not only that, he provides for our needs and that which we lost is restored. Now, I'm convinced of one thing. What we think we need and what we really need are sometimes two different things, aren't they? My congregation knows what I think I really need. I have been wanting a sports car for as long as I can remember. And I have asked God many times, can I have one? And I've told him I thought that I needed one. I could visit better in the community with one. That, that I could be more effective in, in going into certain areas. If I could just have a sports car. So this church, some of the members of this church, got me three. Y'all didn't know that? Of course, they're radio-controlled sports cars. I don't really need a sports car, do I? A lot of the things I think I need, I don't. But God gives me what I need. And lots of times, He gives me what I want. He restores to us. You know, the greatest thing I'm going to receive? I call it an audience, not with the Pope, an audience with Jesus, face to face. And then to be escorted to my home. Now, I know some translations call it a dwelling. I like, I'm a I'm New American here, but I'm going to go back to King James. I want it to be a mansion just over the hilltop. Whatever is waiting for me from the day I got saved until the day I go to eternity, is provided and given back to me because now I belong to Him. I'm still a slave. I'm still a servant. But I'm a servant to the King. He provides and gives back and restores. The amazing thing that I see happen in the life of lost people is this. They get saved. And their whole life is restored again. Their joy is restored. Sometimes their families are restored. Their peace is restored. You can't find that anywhere else except in Christ. Quickly and this, this pretty much will go very quickly here. The fields lying fallow during those years is just a reminder that God still provides for all of our needs. August of 2016, I walked in this building. And it was destroyed. 
The communion table was floating over here. It was a horrific sight. And as I made my way through the buildings, tears poured down my cheek and I said, God, I don't know what to do. What do I do? I can barely drive a nail. I don't know anything about this. My members' houses and their families' houses are flooded. They, they are busy trying to take care of themselves. What do I do? I had gone to these two ladies' houses right here, me and Gloria. And we were helping mud out their house, taking stuff out, and unfortunately throwing it on the curb because it was ruined. And somebody came and said, there's a man at the church that wants to see you right now. And I said, tell him I am busy and I'll see him later. They said, no, he insists on you coming. I came and it was Brother Gavin, our president of our Louisiana Baptist Convention. He said, I heard about your church and I drove down here so that I could pray with you. And he and I prayed right over there in the water. And it dawned on me that I didn't have to do a thing. Do you hear me? That God would rebuild this building. And he would take care of every need that we had. In his way, in his time. And it didn't matter whether I knew what a screwdriver was or didn't. You are sitting in a building built by the hands of God. And then there was nobody left to sit in here. And you were here because God brought you here by his hand. Do not tell me he does not meet our needs when we rest in him and just trust him to take care of us. Amen. That's some great news. You know what? After all of that, he said, it's me. That scripture, it's talking about me. And even though they were amazed, if you go on to read, they didn't believe. And they rejected. And he started talking later on about Elijah and Elisha going to the Gentiles. And they became so enraged at Jesus, they wanted to kill him. St. Augustine once said, they love truth when it enlightens them, but hate truth when it exposes them. Despite the people's unbelief in Nazareth and despite people's unbelief today, that scripture in Isaiah and that scripture right here in Luke Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing is true. You will either accept him or reject him.
The amazing thing about Isaiah was this. I didn't read the whole thing. The last part of verse 2, he did not read, did he, Josh? The last part of verse 2, he said, verse verse 2, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now listen to the last part. I didn't read this. And neither did he. And the day of vengeance of our Lord God. It's going to come. It's just simply this. We either accept him or we reject him. If you accept him, he'll set you free. If you accept him, he will take the scales from your eyes. He will set you free. And he'll restore everything that you need. In just a moment, maybe you need to do something. Whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. Maybe he's saying to you. I really need to. To think about what he's done and what that means. The year of Jubilee. The acceptable year of the Lord. And how he's changed our lives. Oh my stars how he's changed our lives. And if you're a Christian. Every day. That we follow him is a new adventure isn't it? We need to stay close. Maybe you're here and you, you've never. You want to know more about how to receive him. There will be people here at the front. Right Josh? That will be able to talk to you. Maybe you want to come and pray. Here at the altar. Maybe you want to come and, and take communion. The amazing thing that I've always learned is. I don't know what's on anybody's heart but mine. But God does. And whatever he's saying to you. I would encourage you to do that today. Let's pray. Father this is your day and your time. It is not my invitation. It's not the church invitation. It is yours. And so we give ourselves. Freely to you. If you are speaking to our hearts. Lord, show us what to do and how to do it. Most of all, Father, do not let us walk out of this place until we've done business with you. In Jesus' name, amen.